Blog Talk Radio. Great join. Good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO, the show that brings you the most fascinating and really the most helpful leaders in our business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And this very day, we are going to address those razor wire monsters churning away in your brain, those, those ugly and totally useless boulders that are an impediment to your meteoric rise in this realm of business. Yes, I speak so eloquently about the BBA, bad business attitudes, those mindsets and prejudging roadblocks that set you onto futile actions and close your eyes to the real opportunities that lie all around you within your grasp. Now, in the bad old days, I might have been talking about an attitude where it says only white males can handle the responsibilities of your firm, or that assuming an air of pompous professionalism was the only way to make a proper business appearance. But you and really all of us have outgrown those destructive attitudes, and long ago we ceased to carry them into our workspace. But too many of us tote other loads of destructive attitudes into business, and I think it's high time that we stood back, laid bare the problems they cause, and to end on a positive note, let's present a solution that's going to set you back on the swift and happy track. So whether you are a human resource professional who believes that only men from Ivy League universities make better business folks like one woman HR a pro we won't mention, or you are a disgruntled employee uh, who has uh, not found fun in your last three jobs, but all of a sudden is having a wonderful time in your fourth, and you can't quite figure out why, like Ted, pull up your chair a little closer and join us in this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your adventures flourish. And since Tempest is fugating all around us. Let us open our minds and our attitudes and plunge right in to unearthing and weeding out the bad business attitudes that are clutching at your coattails of forward progress. <clears throat> and the first one is one that uh, it's an oldie, but unfortunately far too frequent. And that is Getting ahead in this firm is all a matter of kissing the right voluminous behinds. You gotta grovel your way to the top, and 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 then you might add to that. He says, and and I'm too proud. I'm just not willing to do that. Uh, or or I suppose you might possibly say, uh, well, I guess that's how you have to do it. So I'm gonna stock up on my store of syrupy flatteries, and constantly pull one out and, and feed it to to those in charge. Well, let's look at the truth. Now, the real truth is, yes, no doubt, probably some one or two folks in the firm have indeed risen to their lofty heights uh, through uh, a hefty dose of flattery, and it may just be that your boss is the type who himself absolutely preens and feathers uh, his own uh, hair with the comb of employee compliments. But continuing with the truth, is that the only way to success? You bet your sweet bippy there are other ways. Come now. Uh, if, For instance, have you presented some revenues, 
revenue-boosting ideas to uh, the boss or your supervisors? Have you found some way to uh, better service a top client? Or have you brought in a new client? Have you presented some product enhancement? Or, and this is a good one, have you made yourself the encyclopedic resource of some particular aspect of the company? Do you know more about distribution or the distribution network or uh, vendor supply? This, this is, these are indispensable founts of knowledge that will make you indispensable. And the bad thing about this groveling attitude is that it will force you to give no praise at all after a while. You'll get resentful. So even when praise is due, you're going to become uncomplimentary and, quite frankly, not terribly well-loved. So again, the best solution to this is not to just, rather than buttering up your boss, why not make everyone the target of your proffered friendship? Invite folks over to dinner. Bring them, go out to lunch with them. Find out a little bit about everyone, underlings and supervisors alike. There's nothing wrong with making business personal. I know one uh, psychology professor, when she first got there as an instructor, invited every tenured professor to her home and met them all, with it, greeted them, introduce them to her husband, but she also invited all her co-workers. The woman is now provost of that university. It's just a thought. Spread to everyone, grovel to none, but give friendship to all. And number two, this is uh, in the bad business attitude roster. This is one that you used to hear a lot of, and I, I, I think we're getting away from it. I hope so. And that is the I've done everything you've told me. And the codicil to that is, is sort of, uh, that's not in my job description. And this is the sort of attitude that, that you are there to perform a single function. And the truth is, if you want to be treated as a dehumanized cog in a wheel to just go about performing listed uh, activities, that's is certainly the way to do it. I mean, what this really means is that you have deliberately stopped valuing yourself as a human resource, uh, a, a person of individual merit, and you've turned yourself into sort of a slot filler. This is a career devastating attitude. And it, it's because what's going to happen is that if this is how you act on the job, your, both your supervisors and your coworkers will see this as someone who is going through the motions. And by the way, there is no better way than to get a C on your evaluation as a, uh, than to do just what you are told. But even more, the, the real tragedy is that if you have this, uh, this is my job description attitude, the tragedy is you're going to sell it to yourself. If you stop, if you think of yourself as just putting in hours to shift widget, and eventually you're going to say, well, this is what I'm good at, and you're going to start thinking that this is your worth, you're going to destroy your own humanity in your own eyes. And that, my friend, is a sad thing to be, and it's unnecessary. Uh, so the best solution on this one, look at your job, study the function, see what it is, and then... Write down a list of ways to make it somehow smoother or happier.
for you to labor at. And then go around to other departments, ask and see what they have to offer. See if there's a way that what you're doing can help them. Communicate what you do with them. And this will sort of spread you out beyond the, the 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 single job that you're doing, it will get you reaching and it will give you a sense of the whole movement of, of the business. And along that line, go talk to not just your boss, your boss's boss, the C-suite, the board members. Learn what their biggest challenges are. What they see are the challenges for the firm. Now, you you don't have to come up with earth-shaking solutions. You have to ask, you have to seek, you have to find out. You may come up with a good answer, but just show the interest, and that will set you apart as someone who is anxious to to take the company forward. And that is where you get the A-plus on your evaluation. And not only that, you'll find an enriched job that you're going to every day. If you have just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen to this episode and download all our other episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. We are on many live radio stations and a host of internet streams, but the easiest way to find this and all our episodes is theartoftheceo.com. I bid you take advantage. Now, getting back to our bad business attitudes, this is number three. This one is for entrepreneurs, and it is it's all too often it's an easy side uh, step to make, and it's unfortunate. This this bad attitude is this. If I just make a better product, if I just make the product a little better, it will sell. I've I've got to keep my eye on product excellence. Now, if that's the you know if I make it, they will come. It's really a myth. We have a saying in in these here United States: "Build a better mousetrap, and the world will beat a path to your door." Well. <laughs> The truth, my friend, is that even if you make the best cotton-picking mousetrap in the planet and it's cheaper than anyone else's, the world will not beat a path to your door. Why? Because they don't know you have a better mousetrap and they don't know where you live. So the problem with this attitude, and it's a big entrepreneurial trap. People fall in love with their own product. They get immersed in it, and this this takes up all their brain and their precious sweat, which they put behind it, and so they just keep laboring over it. It's the rut they know. The trouble is that you're not having running a business. You're just making stuff. Now, I, I personally, I'm a great believer in the Walt theory Walt Disney theory of success. He's the, he said, Walt said, if you make the absolute best product, the absolute absolute best product, they have to buy it, they must buy it, they can't afford not to buy it. Well, that may be true, but Walt Disney did more than just make the very best animated films. Walt Disney marketed, and he marketed like crazy, and he marketed with a very, very scalpel edge. He was clever at it. So 
I, I know it's tough for the entrepreneur because you're you're uh, want to make the best invention. You know, I understand that. But the solution here is to remember that business is two aspects. It's finding a source of the product, and it's finding a point of sale. You now you can find someone on your team or bring someone on your team to market. But even if you do, you can't delegate marketing. This you you have to connect the deed with its author, and this is part of your job as being in business. Otherwise, you're, you're just you're, you're just a hobby uh, making things, which is fine and fun. But if you want to sell it, if you want to be a business, you've got to traipse your goods to market. Trot, trot to market, my friend. And also, this works, I might add, for salaried employees who are trying to work their way to the top. You have to connect the deeds with the author. You have to do some subtle and some non-pompous self-promotion. You have to make sure people are aware of what you're doing. It's as simple as that. And... So that's an attitude of the product only that is something you can do without. And again, it's reaching out a little further. Now, I think it's time we chased our way up the ladder a bit. So number four in the bad business attitudes category, this is what I call the sweet, the C-suite attitude. I, at least this is where I see it most often. Uh and this attitude is, I'm in business to make money. Business is all about money, and the counting of money is what is where uh, the success really lies. Now, yes, you are in business to make money. But as John D. Rockefeller, who was our nation's first billionaire, I might add, said, if your only goal in business is to become rich, you will never achieve it. And he knew that. And it's because those who are in business, who really are successful, they know the secret. The secret is that money is merely a way of keeping score. It's it's a symbol. It's an indicator. And as every athlete knows, you don't win the game by keeping your eye on the scoreboard. You win by playing your best game. And so for those who get it, uh, money is almost incidental. I, I remember a saying of Warren Buffett, uh, who has not done too badly in the cash aspect himself, I might add. But what he says, what fills my mo- my every moment is finding a way to make this current project that I'm working on successful. Seeing it take wing, that's my concern. And I think that this is where your interest must lie. Uh, if, you know, <laughs> summer's coming, you're going to look at the beach, you're going to walk down the beach, and you're going to see some guy going, going by uh, who really looks great. He's got strong shoulders, great pecs, six-pack abs. And I'm just going to bet you 10 cents of my own money that if you go up and ask him, he'll tell you he didn't get that body by saying, I want to look great, I want that the score is this. You know, He happens to to look great because he is concentrating, he's striving to be a great swimmer or a great gymnast or a rower or whatever sport. And that's what it is. Immerse yourself in what you're doing. Money is, again, the scorekeeper. The The problem with uh, concentrating only on the money, it's a distraction. 
and it leads you astray from what you want to do. So again, the best solution, move your mind uh, and to begin to and begin to get your best, your marvelous, your very capable self back in the game. Play hard. Trust me, the cash will come. It did it, it, it for John D. Rockefeller. It'll work for you. <laughs> oh my! I think we have time for one more uh, before we before we take a break here. And um, this is moving on to five. We'll move all the way up to the top now. This one is for board members and trustees. And I have run into this more times than I care to tell, and it always annoys me. Is that this bad attitude is? <clears throat> Wait for it. It is my responsibility to save this company money, to tighten the ship and make it run efficiently at every turn. <laughs> you know, this, my friend, is probably one of the most negative attitudes that you can mantle on in all business. And but it's really a common fixation. People are elected to boards, they become directors and trustees, and they feel they're there to stand there like the angel of the exchequer overseeing the checkbook. They fall swiftly into the habit of nixing every new plan or, or finding some way to do it on the cheap. And the problem with this is that every new idea that comes to you gets gets sort of feist into this cost scrutiny. Yes, yes, but how much will this improvement cost? And it leads to a sort of a preset naysaying on the part of you, the board member. And in addition, it ends up squelching the, the spirit of innovation and certainly ends up squelching the poor innovator. He comes there and, and he just knows he's going to have to fight late, late just to, to get you to listen because you don't want to listen. You're, you, you're, you're blinded by the dollar signs. And so it also means that what you're going to eventually doing as you look at those um, this cost saving thing you're going to start looking at each employee and each department that isn't turning this a profit this quarter <sighs> my friend you really know it but the, it's an old maxim and it's true you cannot save your way into success there's a quill pen moment <laughs> take your take your pen Dip it in the inkwell, scribble that down. You cannot save your way into success. As a solution to this attitude, the, if you have it, you're only looking at the debit side of the ledger. Instead, Mr. Board Member, set up some real leadership for yourself. When a new project comes along, invite the inventors who thought up the idea, the department head, to bring a team and make a presentation to the board. Tell them ahead of time that you're going to want to take particular interest in the profit potential. You want to see the accounting, the expenses, how much money you think the project is going to make and where you think the money is going to come from. Tell them all that ahead of time. But then let them come and prove the actual worth to you. That, Mr. Trustee, is your real job. And that's what you do during your own salary. So... Uh, after all these baddies and, and this sort of gnawing at the marrow of business and this feast of wisdom, I think it's truly time to take a brief sorbet and allow me to proffer you a few utensils for today's feast of wisdom a little more joyously here. And so the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day 
that you bring your ethics to work and fearlessly state your beliefs when an appropriate decision is, is being made? Or will you cower under the belief that your supervisors don't want to hear an ethical voice added into their considerations? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your yearnings to steep yourselves into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. And I am leaning now right over here, pulling it off the shelf. And I'm pulling... Okay, okay. Here's number 53. This company needs more independent leaders and thinkers who strictly follow the company line. (laughs) That was given to us by a micromanaging CEO, I think. Um, But anyway, as an afterthought, those who merely translate the company's traditional methods into bite-sized chunks are at best foremen, and at worst, they're martinets. So my question, are you brave enough to initiate some independent action of your own? And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit BartsBooks.com. That's BartsBooks.com. And pick up your copy of 102 Best Business Quips or 101 Best Business Quips. And you're going to find yourself a rich arsenal of load lightning laughter with a little wisdom and cheer for your fellow wage slaves at work. Why not? You all deserve it. And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon out to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, who said in a newspaper advertisement. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. (laughs) Those words (laughs) were spoken by none other than the most amazing of all South Pole explorers, Mr. Ernest Shackleton. Read his book. Congratulations to you winners, and also congratulations to those who got the extra credit, who know, who said that Mr. Shackleton was talking about the South Pole, not marriage. Uh, and stick with us, because later on in the show, blurry your way, comes another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at BartsBooks.com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and career-igniting gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before uh, you return with me back to nixing and fixing your lurking bad luck attitudes, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, among many other divisions. And you may visit bartsbooks.com and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom from business masters. And this very day, Prometheus uh, folks invite you to take a look at uh, one of their new books, which gets right down to the business of getting you a more rewarding life. The volume is entitled CEO of Yourself. Now, can you imagine a richer, more fulfilling life than yours? Uh, Are you directing the enterprise of you, or have you fallen into default mode? As chief executive officer of yourself, you know, you're going to discover new assets, emotions, principles, and a character, all eagerly waiting your employment. And most vital, my friend, you will learn how many more choices 
you have that belong to you alone. This CEO of yourself, it, it's not a mere quick fix volume. I've read it. It, it, the, it does not, like so many, claim that you can make a new self as easily as you don a new necktie. The path is challenging, and it's adventurous, and it's very realistic. The way is strewn with what it calls broccoli moments. That's the way things that are not always very tasty, but they're very good for you nonetheless. So if you're ready to roll up your sleeves and build a richer self and a better life, then this book, my friend, is for you. It is a brand new book just hitting the shelves as we speak, so visit bartsbooks.com now and order your advance copy. Carpe diem, my friend, you are indeed worth it. And now, with utensils in hand, let us float your fertile mind back and onto the success track and continue weeding out those attitudes that really are not servicing you very well. Let's nix them and fix them. Okay, here we go. So let's move on. We're going to move into, oh, this is this is a good one. This is number six. This one really gets me. Um, <laughs> this is client contempt. And you find this with people, particularly in the sales end and marketing end of things, although they're everywhere. And it says, our clients are just a bunch of rabble looking for the cheapest prices, and they have no idea what's really going on. So, so we've got to sort of herd them like sheep and get them suckered into position. And, well, my friend, if you're about to hear my own biased opinion on this, you, this this client contempt displayed, you, you see it most. Well, I'm trying to say this nicely. Oh, heck. You see it most magnificently displayed in our nation's commercial airlines. They they dis, they have this client contempt down to an art form. They used to call them guests. Then they started calling them passengers. Now our airlines deliberately refer to those buying their services as customers. They want to make absolutely every effort to know that you're that you're a money trade and there's no effort made to enhance their customer experience in fact the entire flight is typically spent trying to sell you everything from rolex washes to a reasonable amount of legroom that you might have expected to begin with as if comfort was some sort of exceptional frill i'm not picking on this i'm asking you to on just this group i'm asking you to see this client contempt attitude for what it is and the problem with disdaining your client is, well, it's a guaranteed journey into despising yourself. Uh, our, uh, one of our political parties is in the habit of referring to, in private, uh, amongst their own caucuses, the voters as Joe Sixpack, you know, ignorant suckers to be seduced. What this means is that you don't respect your product or your service, because if you really did, it wouldn't be a sucker, but it would be a great profit, a great gift. You'd be pr- proud of the product. You'd be proud of it, and it's a logical step. Uh, you're going, but if you don't have this respect for for the client, you're going to take the next logical step, and that is that you're selling snake oil. And so you have to be a con man or a cheat who is selling clients something that's not too good for them or they don't need. And you, you, you can see where this is heading. Do you really want to make that your life's work? Do you want to? I mean, do you want your epithet to read? Here lies Sarah. She could sell ice in winter. <laughs> I don't think so. So the solution is on this one. And 
I, I hope you all turn, tune into next week's show, because here's the solution. You're going to have the privilege of hearing our guest, the innovative retail expert, Mr. Richard Birnbaum. He is the founder of ShopWorn.com, which proffers top-of-the-line uh, luxury watches, jewelry, accessories uh, at an amazing discount. Now, listen to this man. He laces his description of clients as discerning, seekers of the best, discriminating, knowledgeable. Uh, and if you can obviously convince yourself, honestly convince yourself, I'm sorry, that your clients are special people, then you have something, you're saying something special about yourself. And if you can, then for heaven's sakes, pull up your stakes, get out of whatever business you're in, and start dealing with people you admire. That is the solution. Life is short. You don't try to do it otherwise. I think we have time for just one more. And uh, let's see. Uh, we, got, we, have, we have a whole batch, but I'm just going to pull up one more. And that is that uh, this is sort of for generally everyone in business. And this is i got to lead the pack because everyone is, is my competitor. Business is a jungle, and what I don't take from my competitor, he's going to take from me. Now, I'm not denying that there's competition out there, but part of this, of this attitude, it's destructive because it comes from a very faulty view. It says that it, it's, you're saying to yourself, all markets are finite. They're limited pies, and every slice that's given to Emily is one slice less for me. And that, my friend, is, is what uh, what we refer to in high-level business circles as pure manure. <laughs> it ain't so. Your market is limited only by your imagination. I know one mattress company that was making mattresses and all of a sudden they, they were producing the foam. They said, we aren't a mattress company. We are a foam manufacturer. And they turned their whole line, they started selling into specialized seating for um, nautical uh, nautical wear, boats, and, they, and cushions for outdoor wear. They turned, they, they broadened their market with their imagination. So can you. So the solution on this one is to say, to see each person who is selling in the same line you are as a potential partner. Can you both do a trade show together? Can you work out some sort of reciprocal reference method? Can you do joint advertising? Can you uh, form an association and, and cover large larger area? For heaven's sakes, think and grow imaginatively. That is the solution. And you're just going to find that it's less cutthroat and, in the end, much more effective. And I I think that, uh, that at this point, we've sort of been able to put a little spin as a positive on a lot of things. Hopefully, we've been able to trip, trip and trounce and kick right out of your, your brain some of the bad attitudes and... Uh, going to have a little more fun in business, and, uh, and, and certainly uh, you're going to be a, a, a lot more prosperous. So as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotations. Who was it who said, I buy expensive suits. They just look cheap on me. <laughs> and as a hint, the, the, the individual wearing these cheap-looking suits uh, as an accessory 
just happens to carry one of the sharpest and most successful business investing wits on the planet currently. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that author's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely life-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, the best attitude any gentleman or lady may carry through this life is the attitude of enthusiasm. And it never ceases to amaze me where individuals find it. And to you, who have been gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you can download this and all our shows at theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, May I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.